0: Joshua chapter number 9, Joshua chapter number 9. If you did not get a lesson, if you did not get a lesson this evening, raise your hand. We're going to make sure you get a lesson. We need everybody to get a lesson all the way in the back, all the way in the front. All right, everybody, get, get, get a lesson. we get come on in. Yeah, y'all coming in late. We started early. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn y'all to get in this building. Amen. All right, raise your hand again. Make sure to raise it real high. Brother Johnny's running around, got some back here we need to make sure. All right. Right here, Brother Johnny, right in the middle, up in the balcony. Up in the balcony, everybody's got one up there. Okay. All right. How many of y'all glad to be saved? How many of y'all glad the devil can't do a thing about it? Yes, 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 yes. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Everybody's got a lesson now. If you have a lesson, say amen. Amen. All right, let's jump into our study tonight. Let's, let's, let's go to chapter number 9, and, uh, and we'll get started. Read just a couple verses, and then I'll let you sit down, all right? It says, And it came to pass, when all the kings, which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and all the coasts of the great sea, against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusite, heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work Why, Lily? willy willy. Amen. I don't. <laughs> they was tricking everybody. Amen. With deception. The word means deception. It means trickery. It means to to use deceit to bring forth. What you're trying to accomplish. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't pile up like the verses 1 through 3. They, they were going to go another route. Are you all with me? It says, And they went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clouded upon their feet. In other words, they were patchwork and old garments upon them and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal, and said unto him, and to the men of Israel, We become from a far country. Now therefore, make ye a league with us. Make ye a league with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the privilege it is to serve you. Lord, thank you for the privileges to go to this church and be a part of this assembly. We're here to study tonight. We're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to mature and develop in our Christian walk. God, I pray that you'll help us to do that. Help us to have clear minds. Help us to have an understanding spirit. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. This is not something that we just do for an activity. Uh, Lord, we're not just here just wasting time while the kids are in their classes. We're here to grow, and we're here to be discipled. And God, I pray that you'll help us take what we learn and apply it tomorrow and use it in our daily walk. And God, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When we begin this book, this book is a book of victory. Learning how to be victorious in your Christian walk and in your Christian life. Uh, we, we said that the, 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 the promised land, Canaan land, is not a type of heaven. It is a type of the victorious Christian life. Because there is no death in heaven. Say amen. There's no failure in heaven. There's no defeat in heaven. Uh, this is a type of the victorious Christian life. In the victorious Christian life, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be good times and bad times. There's going to be hard times and easy times. There's going to be times of sadness, and there's going to be times of rejoicing. But here we find... All throughout this whole chapter, we find God's promises. It began with God's promises in chapter number 1. He said, listen, everywhere your foot's going to land, I'm going to give that to you. He gave them promises. Nobody will be able to stand against you. Everywhere you go, you're going to be victorious if you do what I tell you to do. If you will follow the word, if you will stay true to the word, don't turn to the right or to the left, then thou wilt find prosperity, you will find yourself successful, and and, and you're going to get and see what I'm promising you. Are you all with me so far? So God has some things He wants to give His people. He has some blessings. He has some promises He intends for His people to have. But then He has guidelines, and He has directions. He has, uh, if you want to use the word rules or commandments, either way, he says, this is how I want you to live. This is what I want you to do. This is the way I want you to go. And we know so far, so far, we've seen victory in Jericho. Every time he did what God, Joshua did what God told him to do, they won. They defeated the enemy. They were victorious. They conquered. But we know that he had a hiccup. We know that he, he had an issue. Uh, there was sin in the camp. We talked about that for several weeks. And and because of that, uh, Joshua went ahead without talking to God about it, and he acted without asking. He accepted the wrong advice. He listened to the wrong people. And because of that, they were defeated in the little bitty small city of Ai. Now, so far, we've talked about walls. So far, we've talked about weapons. We've defeated walls. Now, remember, walls represent obstacles. How many of you know you're going to have obstacles in your way in the Christian wall? It's not always going to be easy. It's not always, The devil is not going to roll over and play dead and say, Hey, have yourself a time. It's just not going to be that way. There's going to be obstacles we're going to have to face, and we're going to have to cross, and we're going to have to deal with. But then there's just going to be times the devil's just going to flat out come against you. That's the weapons, and we see that in the city of I. Well, tonight, tonight we're going to go a little different avenue, and we're going to talk about something else that we're going to have to face. And all of this is practical. Remember, when you're studying the Old Testament, the Bible says in the New Testament that everything was written in the Old Testament was written for your learning and for your example and for your application so that we can take what we learn and apply it to our life today. Are you with me so far? So here we we see we're, we're we're not dealing with walls now and we're not dealing with weapons. We're not dealing with sword and spear. But we're dealing with wiles. Wiles. W-I-L-E-S. We're dealing with deception. We're dealing with trickery. Now, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that we have in the first three verses, the Bible says, the Bible says that these kings are gathering together. The enemy is piling up and pi- piling up to come against God's people. Now, watch this. When we when we Are fighting the Christian fight, when we are doing what we're doing here, it's real easy easy to see the obvious. Are y'all with me? Now think about this. Think about this. First three verses. First couple verses, you see, hey, this king and this king and this king and this king has gathered together to come against Joshua. Guess what? You could see them, you could see their weapons, you could see their intention. They were not coming to have a party. Say amen. We knew what they were doing. All right? This is the obvious enemy. This is the enemy that there's no question. This is the enemy. But see, this was not the most dangerous enemy. The most dangerous enemy is not the obvious one. It's not the one that you know is the enemy. Uh, The whole time while Joshua is preparing himself and preparing the people... For the obvious enemy, in verses 1 and 2, we find that the real enemy he should have been concerned about is the one that came in as a friend. And see, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, here's what I want you to do. As you're writing these things out, I want to read a verse out of Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 10 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to stand against the... Come on, everybody. Stand against the... The wiles, the the trickery, the deception, the deceit, the lies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to go back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, we find one of the first attempts of Satan to come against man. And to come, and, and how did he do it? He did it subtly. He did it with deception. He did it with trickery. He came against Eve with a lie. And matter of fact, uh, he did it with a little bit of truth mixed with a little bit of lie. Now, if it was just an out-and-out out lie, that would be one thing. But he doesn't do that. He mixes it. That's why it's so dangerous. Because you don't know what it is. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want, I want us to write some, some things down when it comes to understanding the enemy. Because I'm afraid too many of us underestimate the devil. I want everybody to know. I want everybody to know before we start this because I don't want anybody getting the wrong impression about this. Uh, greater is he that is in me Than he that is in the world. Let me say it again. Greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. Uh, The devil is a defeated foe. When Jesus died on Calvary. When he shed his blood on Calvary. That nailed the death blow to Satan. He is a defeated foe. But he is still a foe. And 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 what I want to do and, and, and go in these descriptions of the enemy is is for us to understand that he's real. Hollywood has made the devil out to be this this cartoon figure with a pitchfork and a and a tail and and and, and this red character or even hey there's a there's a TV show on called Lucifer now and and it's making light of the devil. Well, he is not. He is not a hero, and he is not a celebrity. Let me me give you some descriptions. Look here, write this down. Under the character of the enemy, I want you to write this. I want you to see the forms he will take. The forms he will take. Watch this, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He's a lion. Then not only is he a lion, but he's a murderer. John eight forty four. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar, and the father of it. Somebody say amen. Listen, he's a thief. John ten ten. 10. The thief cometh not but to steal kill and destroy but i am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly here here's here's uh, please get this the devil's real and the devil is really after you he is he is not just a deceiver he's a murderer he is not just a trickster but he is a destroyer he has come to seek he's come to destroy he's come to steal Kill and destroy. He wants to destroy your lives. He wants to destroy your marriages. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to destroy your potential. He wants to destroy your joy and your peace and your happiness. He is real. This is a real enemy. This is a real being. This is a spirit being that is an enemy to every child of God. He is real. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now watch the next ones. Watch the next ones. It, it, it's, easy, it's easy to get worked up and, 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 and really get motivated when you think about a murderer, and when you when you think about a, 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 a destroyer, and when you think about a roaring lion. And it's and it's kind of easy to, to get your mind right around hey, he's a he's a he's an enemy that's roaring after us, and he's he's seeking whom he may devour. But watch this. The Bible says. He's also a liar. The same verse we read earlier, John 8, 44. He says, he says, ye are of your father the devil. The lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar. He's a liar. And not only a liar, but the father of it. He's the originator of lying. Y'all with me? Look in, verse, look in, look in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. He's a liar. But then he's a masquerader. What is that? One who wears a mask. One who who comes as somebody who he's not portraying himself to be. Look what it says. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. What does that mean? When he comes at you... He's never going to come as the devil. You see too many of us are looking for the roaring lion when he's a slithering snake. Maybe maybe Eve would not have been deceived if she understood his subtlety and understood his treachery and his trickery and his deception. Maybe she was listening for the roaring lion. Maybe she was listening for the obvious enemy. Maybe she was looking at the kings that were gathered together to come and battle and fight with sword and spear. And she had no idea the liars and the deceivers that were coming into the camp. And while Joshua was so focused on the obvious enemy, the real enemy, was sneaking in the back door. This, honestly, guys, this may be the most important lesson we get out of the whole deal. Because there's so many times the devil will come against us and we know it's him. And we can grit our teeth and have faith. And we can resist him. Are you all with me? We can resist him. Some of us are real good at resisting. Some of us have been in church long enough where we, 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 we've we got somewhat of an understanding and, and we can resist the devil when, when certain things come and, and we're good at that. But I'm afraid that some of us may be good at resisting but we're not good at recognizing. And the devil will come in the back door in the form of... Of grudges, in the form of bitterness, in the form of temptation that we don't even recognize. And you see, while, while we're keeping our eyes out for the lion, and the murderer, and the destroyer, here he comes as a friend. Here he comes. He, well, let me, let me, let's, let's just, I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> The forms that it takes. All right. Here we go. Secondly, write this down. Not only, no, yeah, there he is. Mm-hmm. Stuck to my foot. That's where he belongs. Amen. All right. The forms he will take. Then, then write this down. I want you to see the methods, the methods he will use. Look in verse number four. Let's really get into this. Look at verse number 4. They did work wily and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and, and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded them upon their feet. In other words, they just patched them up to make it look like they'd been traveling a long time. And all their bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, We become from a far country. Now therefore make a league with us. Alright, here's the thing I want you to write down. Number one, under the methods, don't you to see the look. The look. They had the look. <clears throat> they had the look. I want everybody to get this. When you write that down, look up at me. And I hope you can say it. I hope you can say what I'm going to leave. Looks can be... He may look like Prince Charming, but he may be the devil himself. She may look like Cinderella, but she could be Corilla DeVille. Mm-hmm, I said it. And guess what? Guess what? You don't have to go to a bar to find the devil. You know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? In, in, In the New Testament church, you'll find wolves in sheep's clothing. Guess what? Just because they look prim and proper, just because they have their Sunday suit on and their Sunday smile on and their Sunday swag, I don't mean anything. Looks can be deceiving. They had the look. But not only the look, but I want you to write this down. Look at the lie. Not only do we see the look, but don't you see the lie? It said, we have come from a far country. We've come from a far country. And by the way, they was from twenty five miles. In other words, it was a. It was a lie. It was a lie. Now see, we have the look, we have the lie, and then here's what I want you to write down. And then this is where we'll talk about it. I want you to see the leading. The leading. <clears throat> you say, what do you mean by that? Look, at the lie and where it was going. The look, you've seen how they, were, how they decorated themselves. The lie, we are from a far country. And then the leading is this. Make a league with us. Make a league with us. Now, in order to understand this, you've got to go to Deuteronomy. <clears throat> when you look in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find the instructions that God gave the nation of Israel. Say, when you go into the promised land... Now, now, everybody, you're flipping your pages. Look at me. I've got to see your eyeballs. Amen. Why see your eyes? All right? Now, watch. When they go into the promised land, he said, when you go in, you destroy everything. You destroy the inhabitants of the land. And there were several reasons for that. One main reason is because God was bringing judgment on their wickedness. Y'all remember when we first started this study, we explained all of that, that in the, the, the years that God was merciful, in the years that God was patient, in the years that God gave them ample opportunity and time to repent of their wickedness, their vile, vile wickedness, and yet they refused to, and now God was bringing judgment in the form of the nation of Israel coming in. So he was judging his people. Not only that, but he said, I want you to annihilate the enemy because if you leave them there, they will corrupt you. They will corrupt you with their religion. They will corrupt you with their behavior. They will corrupt you with their beliefs. And he says, they will be a thorn in your side. So here's what I want you to do. Destroy them all. My judgment has already been made. Destroy them all. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. He said, once you get in the land, I was going to put my whiteboard up here so we could draw this out for everybody. I was going to put a circle. Just just imagine a circle on a chalkboard. And in that circle, in the circle was the promised land. In the circle was where they would live. In the circle was where God said, this is yours. This is where you're going to dwell. This is where you're going to leave. And if you are anybody in that circle, you destroy. Y'all with me so far? When you conquer the land and you are in your land, anybody on the outside of that circle, in other words, where you do not dwell, there may be a time when you have to go to war. There may be a time when someone will attack you. There may be a time when it's necessary to fight. And this is what he said. In that time, you can offer a league of peace. You can can reach out to them and offer a truce or a peace treaty with them. Only with those outside the... Does this make sense? Now guess what? Somehow or another, the Gibeonites knew that. And so here they come. Here they come into the camp of Joshua. And here they're dressed up. Here they're they're masquerading. Here they are are lying. They're deceiving. They're tricking them and saying, Hey, we're from a far country. Watch this. Make a league with us. Do you know what the devil's deception is always going to lead you to do? Sin. It's always going to lead to disobedience. It may look good, It may look right. It may have everything down that looks like it's supposed to look, but it will always lead to disobedience. Let me tell you something. Anytime, anytime something looks right or looks logical, but it will lead you to do something that's not right, it will lead you to do something that's not biblical, it is wrong. I can't tell you how many times. I can't tell you how many times. I have sat with people, and I, I, I mean face-to-face, and begged them, please don't do this. Please don't take this step. This is not, and they give me 1,500 reasons why it's a logical thing to do. I said, it might look logical, and it might look like it makes sense, but it'll lead you to do what God said not to do. For instance, for instance, marrying somebody that's not saved. Marrying somebody that's not saved. Somebody come up to me in Walmart one day and was, was, was pretty faithful to church and, and, and was all excited and, 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 and said, Preacher, I've met so-and-so, and we're going to get married. And it was like a quick thing. And, and I said, Whoa, I said, oh, really? And, and, and this is what I said. I said, I- Is he saved? So well, you're minding their business. I'm the shepherd. I said, is this person saved? Well, 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 no, but I'm going to... I said, no, this is not a good idea. And they began to tell me why this is a good idea. And this reason and that reason and this is what... and, And you know what? All of the things they were saying sounded logical. But there was only one problem. When it was all said and done, God said, don't do it. He said, not, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Does this make sense? Watch. Watch. There, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But when it's true, it always leads to the same thing. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the devil's coming. I want everybody to look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Ooh. The devil's real, and the devil's coming. Now now, when you study the verses that describe the devil, it talks about wiles, it talks about devices. It says we're not ignorant of his devices. All right? All of those things, all of those things teach you something. It literally means he's got a strategy. He's got a plan. He's he's not just like, some of us have this idea that he's just like this raging animal that's running through the forest trying to to find something to bite. That's not so. I heard a a lesson. I heard a lesson on on lions. And and they say that, that many times a lion, when it gets real old and it can't, it can't hunt and it can't do all of the that type of thing and pull down the prey and all of that. It will just get to roaring. And they will use that line to roar and scare the enemy or scare the, the prey that way where there's an ambush waiting on them. Y'all with me? And so, what is that saying? They got a strategy. This is not a haphazard thing. There is a real devil with a real plan, with a real strategy that's out to destroy you. Does this not bother anybody? And we live our lives, we live our lives like he's a fairy tale. And he's destroying people by the millions. He's real. Now, let's move to the second phase of this lesson. First thing, can y'all can all see that, that verses 1 and 2, we see the obvious enemy, but then we see the Gibeonites coming in. They're not so obvious, but they're the most dangerous. One thing I want you to understand, the most obvious enemy may not be the most dangerous. The most dangerous enemy is the one you don't know is an enemy. Amen? Look at number two. <clears throat> Look at number two. Don't you see the cause? the cause of the deception. In other words, how'd they fall again? I mean, we done been this route right one time. Not necessarily exactly in the same way, but we, we still messed up. And we still fail in, in, in the last city we faced. We just come back from having a dedication service and recommitting ourselves to God at the altar. And, and now, now here we are. In the same mess again. Alright, now how did that happen? How did that happen? Write this down. Write this down. <clears throat> how were the how were the Gibeonites? How were the Gibeonites able to deceive Joshua and the princes of Israel? Now here's 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 something before you write that down. Think about this. Joshua was a good dude. Joshua has spent time in God's presence with Moses. If y'all remember, he was second in command, and and Moses would take him up the mountain, and, and, and there was nobody in the whole camp of Israel that was as close to God as Joshua. But watch this. But he was deceived. What's the point? You can go to church a long time and still get careless. Y'all with me? Now, here's what I want you to write down. What's the cause of the deception? What caused them to fall and, and, and be deceived and tricked uh, by the Gibeonites? First thing I want you to write down is this word. There was a lack of patience. There was a lack of patience. A lack of patience. Three days. <clears throat> Three days. They run into Gibeon and realize. Doggone it. How many times have we got ourselves in a mess because we lack patience? Now let's, let's connect the dots a minute. Let's connect the dots a minute. Uh, we get ourselves in a mess because we lack patience. Sometimes it's in marriage. Sometimes it's in relationships. Sometimes it's in purchases. Yeah, go ahead and say amen. Y'all said, oh, me, but go ahead and say amen, too. You just had to have it. I want it now. Don't you love when you're in a hurry and God's not? Ask Abraham. God promised him the seed and the, and the generations and the blessing, and, and, and he was in a hurry, but God wasn't. We get in trouble when we lack patience. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the patience thing. You say, well, okay, okay, preacher, okay, I don't want to get in trouble, so I need patience. <gasps> Do you know what brings patience? Tribulation. What is Tribulation problems you see how this thing works here we go into a problem here we have an issue in our life that God allows us to have an issue because he's wanting to develop patience in our life because when we have patience then we have discernment when we have discernment it keeps us out of trouble but when we get into trouble we get to whining to God and saying get me out of here boy y'all awful quiet tonight am I telling the truth and any time the least little bit of thing happens, we get mad at God and think He's upset at us, and we wonder what well, get us out of here. I don't like this, and I don't. And by the way, I don't like problems either. I like smooth sailing. I like things easy. I don't like pain. I don't like that kind of stuff. But guess what? It's tribulation that worketh patience. And the Bible says to let patience have her perfect work, that we're complete and we're mature and we're developed. Do you know what causes you to be the Christian God wants you to be? All the junk you got to deal with. Dr. Lee Robertson built the largest Sunday school in America at one point in time. Done things and accomplished things most, most pastors only dream of. And they asked him, what, what's made you the man you are? It was a question and answer time later on in the years. He said, he said without question, without even hesitating, he said this, all the trouble I've had in my life, whatever I am, whatever's made me, the trouble I face has made me the man I am today. And sometimes, sometimes we lack patience because we, we don't want difficulty. We, we get angry at God and we don't let patience have her perfect work. We don't allow the tribulation to mold us. We don't allow the tribulation to teach us, to develop us, to help us. Are you all with me? Say Amen. We get in trouble because we're impatient. We're impatient, and God's wanting us to trust Him. Remember this, impatience is sometimes a symptom of a lack of faith and a lack of belief. Sometimes we try to help God, and God don't need no help. Are y'all with me? Why would they get in trouble? A lack of patience. Then then B, then B, write this down. A lack of counsel. A lack of counsel. Or you can, you can put this word there if, you, if you, it will make more sense. A lack of prayer. Look what it says. In verse number 14. <clears throat> verse number 14. Look what it says. And the men took of their victuals. In other words, they took their stuff. Here they are. They're examining their clothes. They're examining their shoes. They're, they're checking out everything. They're trying to decide... Is this the real deal? Is this a legit situation? And they look at the food, man, it's some nasty looking bread, and uh, you know, it, it looks looks logical to me. And and watch this, watch this. And ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. I guarantee you this, guys. And if we'll if we'll just be honest, if we'll be completely honest tonight. I can almost guarantee you most all the trouble in the junk we put ourselves in, we didn't talk to God about it. One reason is cuz we got too impatient. One reason, one reason we don't talk to God about it because we know what he's going to say. Y'all a hard bunch tonight people. Am I right? One of the first things I usually ask, one of the first things I usually ask when I'm counseling somebody or talking to them about an issue they've got, I say, have you prayed about it? I mean, sincerely, really got down and prayed about it. And most of the time it's... Are y'all with me? Fasting and prayer. Have you prayed about it? Have you talked to God about it? This decision you're making, this life-changing, life-determining decision, the job to take, whatever it might be. I, I, remember, I remember one time when I was in Bible college, I, I had, a, I had a, uh, a, a job at a golf course. And, uh, and, and while I was working there, uh, Tammy, Tammy was working at a school, and, and one of the students of the school's parents uh, run a locksmith company. You know the kind of people that uh, come get you out of stuff and get you into stuff. Say, man, uh, make your keys, do all that kind of stuff. And 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 they met me and said, man, we'd like for him to work for us, and and uh, and and told me what they'd pay. And it was just a little more. It wasn't a whole lot more, but it was a little more. How I mean, y'all know when you're poor, a little more is a lot more. <clears throat> I didn't even pray about it. I didn't even ask God about it. I saw the dollar signs, and I said, see ya. And I went and, 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 and started working with this locksmith. Man, it was cool, learning all this kind of stuff, learning how to get into things. And, 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 and I remember school started. And when school started, uh, there was a, a situation, became a conflict. Something happened, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a conflict between what I was supposed to do with work and what I was doing with school. And I'm like, listen, I didn't move to South Carolina to work for a locksmith. I come to get my education. And, and so I said, listen, I can't. I, we've got to work something out with this deal. And, 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 and so it, bec- it it became a problem. And there, be- there became friction. And, and, and so here we are. Here we are. Things are rolling on. And one particular day, and I'm starting to feel it, like, uh-oh. I done messed up. What? Well, <laughs> one particular day. We were we were going to fix a a, a door. It was a, a door with alarm on it and all that kind of stuff at a at a factory there in Georgia, in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, so we, we we got to this place and here we are here we are working on this door. And all of a sudden, this was an off time. This was I, I was supposed to done been at school. It was like five o'clock and and I'm just aggravated and thinking about all this stuff. So here we are. I'm holding a screwdriver about this long. And he's there with the door working on it. So I'm standing there holding this, this, this screwdriver. And all of a sudden, cop cars come flying across the front of the, uh, uh, the, front of the property there. And, and when they're going toward the front, we're on the back. And when they're going toward the front, evidently they saw us. And they start, I mean, it was almost like they were spinning circles out there and coming to where we are. And he looks up and sees them. And he said, oh, no, somebody's done set off an alarm inside. I didn't think nothing about it. So here he is. Okay. He said, I'll go, I'll go explain to him. Here they fly up, maybe, maybe from here to the doors over there, and he's about halfway there, and I'm just standing there minding my own business, not thinking nothing. I look over there, and all of a sudden they get out door and grab him and sling him up against the fence, and he's like this. And I'm like this. And they said, come over here. And so I, I'm coming over there just like this. I forgot I had the screwdriver still. <laughs> and he says, "Throw that down!" I'm. Like, Whoop. <laughs> Whoever set the alarm off, it was the code that said armed burglary. And I'm sitting there, what am I doing here? <laughs> the whole time, the Holy Spirit's just, I get to church at night, this is on a Thursday night. <clears throat> get to church that night, I don't even think I made it to class. Sitting in the choir, Preacher Brown would always have all the preacher boys sitting in the choir behind him while he preached on Thursday nights. Kind of like a cheering section. There been days I needed one of them, Amen. And the Holy Spirit just—you need to go back right where you were. You didn't talk to me about this. We did not have this discussion. Cause see, what began to happen is as I was working with them locksmith people, they began to tell me how much money I could be making. And how I could do the you know the calls and when they come in, lock their keys in the car and all that stuff. So instead of thinking about Bible study, I've been thinking, cha-ching. <laughs> and none of y'all keep looking at me that way. Don't act like y'all ain't never done this. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit saying, this ain't why you come up here. You're not no locksmith. You didn't even ask me. You didn't even pray about this. You didn't even talk to me. I just went on with it. Because you know why? It looked logical. We could use the money. When you're you're poor and you're trying to work your way through Bible college, you can use anything you get. It It looked like a good thing. But I never talked to God about it. I'm telling you guys, before you make any decisions in your life, stop and talk to Him about it. Even even if it looks like it's a no-brainer, talk to God about it. Before you say yes to that relationship, talk to God about it. Before you make that purchase, talk to God about it. Before you move to that location, talk to God about it. Before you take that other job, Talk to God about it. I don't know how many peoples left and went out of town for, and took a different job because it was $1 or $2 more an hour. And when they got there, there was no good church. And here they are, took all of their family to a place for $2 more an hour, and there was no church and no spiritual atmosphere, nothing good for their children, and end up losing their children for $2 an hour. Preacher, what are you saying? Talk to God first. Because he can make up $2 an hour and keep you where you're supposed to be. The reason they were deceived is because of impatience. A lack of patience. Then a lack of counsel. They did not talk to God about it. Isn't that, am I right or am I wrong? Isn't that the exact same thing they did with the last city? Preacher, what's the point with that? Sometimes we can make the same mistake twice. Y'all with me? But listen, don't make it three times. Talk to God about it. A lack of counsel. And this is is really where I wanted to get tonight because this is what's going to be the practical thing we can take with us. There was a lack of discernment. There was a lack of discernment. Write that word down. There was a lack of discernment. Watch this here. They walked by sight and not by faith. After listening to the stranger's speech and examining the evidence, Joshua and his leaders concluded that the men were telling the truth. The leaders of Israel took the scientific approach instead of the spiritual approach. Now watch this. They depended on their own... Now what is that? Seeing, hearing, touch, y'all with me? Taste... What I miss? Which one? Sound? Hearing? Guess what? Guess what, guys? All of that's physical. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. You with me? Your spirit was reborn. Your spirit was reborn the moment you got saved. Your soul is the seat of your emotions. So here we have down here the physical, up here the spiritual, and in the middle the soul where you make your choices and your decisions. And guess what? Everybody's influenced by one or the other. You're influenced by the physical or you're influenced by the spiritual. And what happens is, is when we come and we are more influenced by our physical senses... You remember all those logical reasons you should do what you're fixing to do, even though the Bible says don't do that. Y'all with me? And so now we have a struggle because we have a lack of discernment. Our smell's real good. Our seeing's real good. Our tasting's real good. our All the rest of them, amen? I don't want to forget one again. Hearing, smelling, tasting, touch. What was the other one? Y'all know him. <laughs> Y'all with me? Yeah. And so we go through life depending on the logical, depending on the physical. Well, yes, this looks like a great idea. Yes, because of this and because of that. And, because, and by the way, the devil's going to get you to really depend on those senses. He's going to dress up like they're bums. He's going to dress up like they're from a far country. It's going to look like it's the real deal. And if you depend on your physical, have you ever heard people say, just go with your heart? No! Don't go with your heart. According to the Bible, your heart is deceitful. What does that mean? Your heart will trick you. Your heart will make you like people you don't need to like. In that sense. Love everybody, but don't, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to go with my heart. No. Sometimes my heart said to run. When I should resist. And sometimes my heart says to resist. When I should run. Don't listen to your heart. Don't listen to what seems logical. Don't, don't operate your life by sight. By what you can see. It's about faith. And it's about your spirit. There is another sense. There is another sense. It's not your tasting. It's not your seeing. It's not your hearing. It's not your touch. It's not any of these. It's your spirit. Listen, you need to learn spiritual discernment. And they didn't have it. They were looking at all the physical aspects of the deal. They were listening to the story, and the story sounded pretty good, and their clothes looked terrible, and their clothes was backing up their story, and what they heard sounded right. What they saw sounded right. They smelled that old moldy bread, and it smelled like everything was the deal, and everything was right, but it was completely wrong because they were dependent on the physical and not the spiritual. And there is something that every child of God has. It is the Holy Spirit of God who knows the future. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything. And we need to be operating in the Spirit. We need to be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we go make decisions, we're making decisions that's based on our spirit and not our flesh. Are you all with me? Say amen. Amen. So how, how how does that happen? Why are there so many? And and watch this now. Remember, Joshua, he was the man. Joshua was a seasoned soldier. He was very good at the physical. He was very good. He could probably whip anybody in the the Gibeonite army. He could probably whip anybody in the city of Gibeon. Physically, he he was bad to the bone. But he was lacking spiritual discernment. And so many of us, so many of us, and guys, listen. Knowledge, just having knowledge, just having knowledge is not going to give you spiritual discernment. I know a lot of people that knows this book better than I do, but they're not living it. And they're not applying it. Here's the deal. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. Hurry, 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 hurry. Oh, boy. Watch this. Watch this. Proverbs 14:12. There is a way there is a way which right. come on everybody, there is a way which seems right. right? Where does it seem right? Right? Guys, I'm, I'm trying to be just a smidge humorous because this hurts real bad. And the pain we've endured because we've depended so much on the physical, not the spiritual, is frustrating. And here we are, there's a way that seems... Man, how many times... How many times have you gone through your deal and on the other end it busted you in the nose and you're sitting there bleeding, blood falling all over the floor and you're wondering, man, it seemed like a good deal. He seemed like the one. She seemed like the perfect. Or this church, was it just seemed like it was just a... And you barely got out with your Life emotionally speaking and you're sitting there like what in the world you know why because there's a way that seemeth right it appears right smells right feels right looks right it sounds right man it sounds great but watch watch what it says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of what wow and what in the world do we do? What do we do? Hebrews five fourteen. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. That means mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both what? How many of y'all, I don't know if I should ask this. (laughs) How many of y'all have had a, uh, (laughs) how many of y'all had a treadmill that turned into a clothes hanger? I heard a comedian one time, said that the doctor told me he need to get a rowing machine. He said, I, I stayed on about 20 minutes and bought me a five-horse Johnson. Amen. <laughs> anyway, y'all get <good. clears throat> If you're not a fisherman, you may not get that. Amen. <clears throat> anyway, all right. Nobody ever lost a pound by looking at a treadmill. Here's the thing. You you, the moment you stay with me now, stay with me. Don't 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 disturb other people by you know. Stay focused. We only got a couple minutes. You have a spirit in you that needs some exercise. You you have to, you're saved. You're born again. You're a child of God, but you've been watching the treadmill. Say preacher, how do, how do I? How do I exercise my sense so, so that I can discern good and evil, so I can, I can see what seemeth right but know that it's really wrong? How can I do that? Well, the first step is salvation. Write that down quickly. Hurry up. I've only got six minutes. Salvation, number one. Is that a blank? <clears throat> That's a blank. All right, salvation. You say, why is that important? Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 2.13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth in comparing spiritual things with spiritual watch this right here. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are. You cannot receive spiritual guidance unless you are born again. That's why people get so frustrated who come to me for counsel and I say, the Word of God says this, this is the next step you need to take, this is what you need to do, and they get frustrated and angry because they just don't get it. And the reason they don't get it is because they are not not saved, they do not have the Holy Spirit, their spirit has not been born again and, and regenerated, so they just don't get it. It doesn't, watch this right here, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't make sense. I don't know why you're asking me to do that. I don't know why I need to do such and such. You know why? You're never going to get it. Until you are born again. There are a lot of people who go to church every single week who have problem after problem after problem, have a reoccurring problem. It seems like there's always something, always something, always something, and you don't need a better counselor. You need to find the altar and give God your life because you're very religious, but you're not redeemed. And the first step we need to take is come to God and say, God, take my life. God, I repent. I'm coming to you. I want to be born again. And there's something that happens. There's something that happens. The Holy Spirit comes in. Your spirit is born again. And now you have an influence in your life. Watch this. Right when they came in, right when they came in, as soon... Now, look here. Look here. I think I'm kidding. Look here. Look, watch. Watch this. It says this. In verse number 7. As soon... As soon as they said, make a league with us. And see, that was the disobedience. That was the disobedience. Because they were not supposed to make a league with anybody that was living in their territory. They were supposed to annihilate them. And they said, as soon as they said, make a league with us. And as soon as they said, the the sin part. This is what happened. Look in verse 7. It says, and the men of Israel said unto the Hivites... Peradventure, ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? In other words, what they said is, hey, you might be our neighbor. You know what was happening? The Holy Spirit was saying, hey! The Holy Spirit was trying to get their attention. That was their opportunity, that was their chance. Listen, their spirit, their knower on the inside was saying, wait a minute, something, this, what? You may not be who you say you are. And instead of saying, give me a moment, we got to talk to God, they started looking at the evidence. They turned to the wrong senses. Even, oh my goodness, even when their spiritual sense really warned them, they turned and said, that is some nappy looking bread right there. You know, I tell you what, they've been wearing them shoes a while. That's some, does this make sense? And you know what happens? We're saved, we're born again, and, 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 and that our knower, the spirit, and something comes our way, the devil tries to tempt us something, the decision has to be made, and automatically there's that sense of, and that's the Holy Spirit. And we turn around and we start operating with our physical senses. And when we start operating with our physical senses, our physical senses tell us, it's okay. Well, that sounds right. That sounds logical. That makes sense. You know, the way you explain it now, yes, it's okay to disobey God. Does this make sense? So you're saved. Okay, salvation is the first step to spiritual discernment. All right, secondly, not only salvation, but we need some education. You need to learn the Word. You need to learn the Word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a work with not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the Word of truth. When Satan come against the devil, or excuse me, <laughs> Satan come against the devil. When the devil came against Jesus in the wilderness, you know what he did? He quoted the Word. He said, turn his bread into stone. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He took him to that, that pinnacle and said, listen, cast yourself off. And by the way, he tried to quote the word back to the word. He said, doesn't it say that the angels won't let you dash your foot against the stone? Jesus said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then he took him to the pinnacle of the temple, said, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. He said, it is written. All three times, it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. What's the point? Every way the devil came against him. he he. And the Bible says this, all of sin is categorized. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All three of those categories, he come against Jesus. That's why the Bible says Jesus was in all points tempted as we are. And in every point of sin, it can be categorized that way. But guess what? The way to defeat all points of sin is by the Word. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You need to be saved. You need salvation. But you need some education. You need to start putting some of the Word in you. You need to have bullets for your guns. Say amen. The Word is the sword of the Spirit. The sword It didn't say the sword of the saint. It says the sword of the Spirit. See, you'll memorize the verse and you'll put God's Word down in your heart. And the moment that you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it back forth and He'll weld the sword. Somebody say amen. amen. But it don't do you any good. You know what the Bible says? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Do you realize ignorance is killing more Christians than sinners are? Education. What's the first thing? Spiritual discernment is found through salvation. salvation. Then education. education. And then write this down. This may be the most important. Application. <clears throat> Application. Be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. I hope to God you are coming tonight to get something that's going to help you tomorrow. If you're just coming to be spiritually entertained. You know what? I'm afraid there's a lot of people that's gotten addicted to church. When I say church, I mean church. I'm not talking about Christ. I'm talking about church, the way we do things, a form of religion. Many have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. If you're not changing on a regular basis, if you're not growing on a regular basis, if you're not maturing on a regular basis, if you're not being challenged on a regular basis to grow and develop as a Christian, something's wrong. Either something's wrong up here or something wrong out there. Amen. We need application, a doer of the Word. You know what it compares? There in that, that chapter, it's in your notes there. It says somebody who hears the Word and it's not a doer of the Word, it's like this. You stand in front of a mirror. It compares God's Word to a mirror. You look at that, your hair's messed up, and you go out and don't do nothing about it. And guess what? When you leave it and you're out and about, you forget your hair's messed up. Because you didn't do something about it when you were in front of the mirror. And by the way, I'm here to say, some people don't own a mirror. Say amen. But that's a whole other message, amen? Are you going to look in the mirror of God's Word tonight and not do something about it? Some of you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to prophesy a minute. Some of you right now, God has told you things you need to fix and get right in your life right now. Throughout this message. And you're, 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 you can't wait to get out of here. Because the Holy Spirit. Me- you've squirmed so much. You're trying to get down in the pew. You know what? If you don't do something about it. The Bible says you're going to walk away from that mirror. Unchanged. You say well that's not no big deal. I can handle it. Really? Let me give you this because I'm out of time. But you're going to get this. Because this is important. Three days. They made it to them cities. And this is going going to speak to you. Because some of this stuff, it don't speak to you until it starts getting in your pocketbook. Three days they got to Gibeon. And they probably saw an unbelievable amount because this was a a souped-up city. It was one of the chief cities of, of Canaan. And they probably seen unbelievable wealth in them cities. And guess what? They could not touch it. Because they made a league with them. They made a league with them. They disobeyed God. And all of the, and by the way, the Bible says they was mad. The people were angry. Why? Because they missed out on what God wanted them to have. Because they disobeyed God. And they disobeyed God because they were operating in the physical senses and not the spiritual. You say, Preacher, it sounds so logical. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm disobeying God. But, you know, it's not that big a deal. Do you have any idea the blessings that God wants to give you that you're going to miss out on? Because you're just operating in the physical. Not only that. Not only the blessings they missed out on. Not only only missing out on receiving the spoils that they forfeited, but if you look in chapter number 10, you'll look in chapter number 10, there was was kings that came against Gibeon, and Gibeon called to Israel and said, Hey, come over and help us. Watch this out. See how this applies? They had to go and get in a fight that wasn't even theirs. What's that mean? When When you let the devil deceive you, You're going to have fights in your life and struggles in your life and strife in your life that's not even yours. Chew on that a minute. I hope that motivates you. Preacher, what's the point? Let's be discerned. Let's use our spiritual senses. Let's don't just hear it and not do it. Let's practice this stuff so we can get better at it. Are you all with me? we got it. we run out of time let's pray and let's 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 apply this stuff lord thank you so much for your blessings